This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 6th Sunday of Easter, the 17th of May. I can't tell you how many times during this lockdown I've said every cloud has a silver lining. And that's referred usually to a problem that's been looming or some difficult scenario that has had to be averted due to the life-changing circumstances that we've experienced. We're told that crime, cold calling and spam mail have apparently also plummeted during lockdown. One silver lining for me during this weird shutdown has been the opportunity to be more reflective and to do as I've quoted in the newsletter this week, to sit quietly alone in a room alone. It certainly made me think on what life is, who I am, what I'm doing, and where I'm going. Obviously those questions will be answered in differing ways depending on who we are. And I confess that one good outcome of this lockdown time has been my thinking of the role that I have as a parish priest and how as church we're responding to these times. And my first thought is this, we are an intensely, inescapably Eucharistic church. One of the most difficult moments that I've had as a priest was having to ensure the church was locked and then the strange sensation of daily mass without you, the people, who are the church, the body of Christ. I believe it was the right decision to close the churches, even though it's caused such pain and anguish, which many of you have shared with me. And I disagree with those who argue that we should have opposed the directors of the state with regard to the closure of churches. There are some very real tensions between church and state, and sometimes we have to make a stand. A good example being our vigorous defence of life issues and social justice. But in this decision, we had no option. The suspension of public mass has been painful for everyone, and the main reason for that pain is the enforced fasting and separation from the Blessed Eucharist, because we love Jesus so much. Sensing this, priests and bishops all over the country, indeed around the world, commenced live streaming the liturgy. The reaction to these representations of the Mass has been overwhelming. I've received emails on a daily basis from all five continents. Some of the testimonies have made truly emotional reading. Our families, for example, have gathered as if they were really at Sunday Mass together, even getting dressed up. Some priests have gone around their parishes with the Blessed Sacrament, blessing the streets. And weren't we all fascinated and enthralled by Pope Francis standing in the rain and facing an empty St Peter's Square as he blessed us via television and social media with the Blessed Sacrament? Of course, none of these mitigated encounters with Jesus is a substitute for the real thing, and that's the point. We know that it's not anywhere near the real thing, but it has been a lifeline for so many of us. The abstention from the Eucharist, which began fittingly enough during Lent, has awakened a profound hunger for what 
the church says is the source and summit of the Christian life. Perhaps too many Catholics have grown indifferent to the Blessed Sacrament, even as a recent survey indicated, ignorant of its deepest significance. And perhaps this enforced starvation will have a positive effect. A second thought is this. We priests live daily in close relationship with our people. Everyone knows that priests have been passing through a difficult time, practically without precedent in the history of the church. Scandals have turned many away and against priests and have made priests extremely vulnerable. Now, without denying for a moment that these reactions and impressions are, to a degree, legitimate, the vast majority of priests are good and prayerful men who want nothing more than to bring Christ to their people. And this quarantine period has powerfully confirmed for me this desire. During the course of the shutdown, I've been in contact by phone or by FaceTime or Zoom with all of the priests of our diocese. Like everybody else, they're feeling challenged, fed up sometimes and uncertain. Our routines have become very different. But time and again, they say that their greatest frustration is not being able to have regular contact with their people. Priests bring Christ to their parishioners through preaching, presence and sacrament. But the people also give life to the priests, sustaining them, us, with prayer and friendship. Keeping the people away from their priests is simply bad for both priests and people. For we are, in the mystical body, ordered towards one another. A third thought is that the Church is stubbornly incarnational. At the heart of the Catholic sensibility is the conviction that God became flesh in Jesus Christ. And Catholicism teaches that the presence of the risen Lord is made known not simply through words, but also through physical signs water, oil, bread, wine, and so on, delivered by human hands and accompanied by bodily gestures. At the liturgy, we are meant to come together in close proximity so that we can pray in unison, sing together, and process together, embrace one another, gestures in harmony with each other. In all of this, the incarnational quality of the Church becomes concretely expressed. And this is what has made the last weeks so particularly difficult for us Catholics. Our faith is not primarily an internal business, something negotiated between the individual and the invisible God. Rather, it is manifested physically and publicly through bodies. My hope and prayer is that our fasting from being together will heighten our appreciation of this incarnational dimension of our faith. So don't get discouraged. Rather, use this time of waiting and abstention to awaken a deeper love for the Church in her Eucharistic, relational and incarnational distinctiveness. During this Easter season, we hear about the problems the Church experienced right at the beginning as we read daily the Acts of the Apostles. We know these problems are nothing new. 
And that's why Easter is a time of joy and optimism in our faith. As we look to the ascension of Jesus into heaven this Thursday and Pentecost in two weeks time, we ask Mary to be at our side as she was at the side of the early church so that we may not weaken in our resolve. Let us pray. Grant to Almighty God that we may celebrate with heartfelt devotion these days of joy, which we keep in honour of the risen Lord, and that what we believe and relive in remembrance, we may always hold to in what we do, through Christ our Lord. Amen.